Check it out, y'all. Welcome to Wishboning, the unofficial Wishbone podcast. This is episode 27, titled The Count's Account. I'm your host, John Murphy. With me, as always, my co-host and the Curtis to my DeMont, uh, Mr. Christian Humes. Christian, how are you doing? Uh, great. I just got back from setting off a couple of pranks, a couple of tricks, just setting up some people for failure. And now I'm here to do the same on this show. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, so we're talking revenge. We're talking the Count of Monte Cristo, the classic tale. With us is a very special guest. He's a gamer and podcaster and co-host of the Unring Podcast with Christian, uh, Mr. Alex Marinello. Hey, I'm actually welcome, really welcome. impressed that you got my last name correct on the first time that I think I've ever heard you say it. Most people don't. I was scrambling to, to pull up last name and, and read it. That was, was, it was, that was, that was great. What uh, what do you usually get? My, like a total mumble of the last name. Just really? Just complete mumble. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, we we got pretty lucky by having you on because we're talking Count of Monte Cristo and you had just read yep. it. Yep. Correct. Yep. Just finished it. <laughs> so that's like what out of our last like six episodes, we've had like five people that had like recently read it or some knowledge, like pretty good knowledge of the literature. Um, so first, we always like to start off by asking our guests before we get into Monte, Monte Cristo. Um, we like to ask our guests what their personal relationship is with Wishbone. And so, have you watched the show before? Did you watch it when it was on? Do you even care, or you're just like whatever? No, I <laughs> I did watch it. Um, when when Chris told me you guys were going to do this podcast all those months ago, I was like, oh, Wishbone. Like, yeah, I used to watch that show after school. Uh, I remember liking it a lot. Um, but having watched the episode that you had me watch for this episode of the podcast. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking back then. I think I must have just been not really exposed Aww. to a lot of content. No. No, I mean. To I, be well, fair, it's not like the best episode. Well, I, I, feel, I feel like I'm, I'm conflicted, right? The dog's awesome. Like, the dog's really cool. And what they have the dog do is really cool. But the acting <laughs> is so bad. And And... Joe, he's the main guy, right? Yeah. yeah. His wardrobe. Who? I love when him and DeMont <laughs> later on have that like that dual matching um t-shirt with jersey over yeah, it. Yeah, t-shirt with a jersey over it. But like not even like our jer- yeah. like a cloth jersey. Not even like they a- look like like uh they look like house yeah. ready to clean up Wanda's it house. It looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it gave, well, that's cool. Whenever I watch this, I get weird flashbacks to what I was wearing at that age. I'm just like, "Fuck!" This is how we used to did dress. You have big dog flashbacks. I did. I did have big dog t-shirts. I had. Yeah. I, I told you about this. I had a Star Wars big dog t-shirt. It was great. That's it was fucking awesome. But also, all of my clothes I'm, were huge back then. Everything was giant. I don't yeah. know why. I mean, I think my whole wardrobe were back you, then were consisted of gym shorts, t-shirts, and sweatpants. Yeah, which kind of is about seventy five percent of my wardrobe today, but <laughs> <laughs> so not much has changed. But yeah, but this reminds me like uh, Alex has this photo of us like from when we were kids, and I'm wearing like a white t shirt. Yeah, and that thing goes down past like my kneecaps. Yeah, like it's gigantic, and I would I would never wear that today. <laughs> you wouldn't? Maybe I don't know. Maybe I should bring it back. I don't. I don't see we'll why just not. Go get some double XLs, triple XLs. We'll see where it goes. I was all about the cargo shorts. Oh, big just time! Cargo shorts all oh, day. Oh, big time! Yeah, you know. I don't think I wore pants until like high school. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that was a big step for me. I remember my mom being like, "We need to buy you jeans," and I was like, "Why?" And she goes, "Because you can't wear sweatpants <laughs> to school every day, or gym sh- or cargo shorts." And I remember, I like, remember I got going my first pair of jeans phase. going into high school. That was a big deal. That I remember that exact same down. face. <laughs> plaid button down. Oh, those, yeah. Those were huge. Down. And the flip haircut in the front. Flip in the front. Oh, yeah. With the, with the bleach oh, tips. Yeah. Did, I, I didn't do the bleach I tips, but did I did get the... Tip. No, I didn't do it, but I'm just yeah. recalling the people in school. I went only as far as to flip it up. I did not do yeah. the bleach. Yeah. Everybody had and a ramp like, head. And like, 
crystallized gel, just like rock hard. Oh, yeah. It's like a, like you turn your you turn your hair into a Lego piece, yeah. basically. <laughs> um. So. Yeah. So. Um, so wishbone. Yeah. So back so what's, to wishbone. So what's the story, <laughs> fellas? <laughs> hey. So um, we open up on this particular episode in Oakdale, and it is. We're in Wanda's yard, and Wishbone's with Wanda, and so is Sam. And she, I guess, like, we just went through the winter season of the show, um, so we're coming into spring. Oh, wait. And <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Literally, there was episodes in which it was, like, cold outside. Oh, wow. But it was, like, a Texas winter, so it was, like, just jackets. And a lot fall. of jackets. It was looking like... Oh, yeah. okay, nice. Um, but now it's, like, I guess it's spring, so they're, like, okay, we're, you know, excited for spring. And Wanda's excited because she gets to plant her flowers. Okay. All two of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, all two of them. Wishbone's helping dig. Randomly, Demont Jones, who has antagonized the trio of kids before, is just lurking Dude, around her property. I was thinking this when I watched this episode. I was like, "What is he doing there? Like, why is this he just guy, randomly sitting? Like, what the hell?" I was, I was thinking the same thing because, like, he's really sort of evolved into such a troll at this point on the show. <laughs> um, but then I remembered, like, this isn't that crazy because I remember a specific kid growing up that would do shit like this, that would, like, sort of creep up on people and, like, show up and just, like, start trouble. Um, yeah. This, this kid named Keith. I'm not really going to go on beyond that. But there's a person <laughs> that exists. Of course, his name is like Keith. Like DeMont Jones. Well, this, is, this is not that crazy. The way that DeMont looked to me was kind of like Brainy from Hey Arnold, but in a non-menacing mm. way, where he's always just kind of yeah. behind Helga, but no one else knows he's there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's just kind of like, yeah. like the camera zooms out, and there's Brainy. It's kind of like Wishbone, well, like camera I, zooms out, there's DeMont. It's always there, just kind of lurking. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting because I, the way I think they casted him, he's kind of like the the antithesis to Joe. In terms of like they look similar, they both kind of have the similar hairstyle, similar clothes. It's like he's the evil version of Joe. He looks everything evil. Joe could be. Yeah, the kid yeah. looks evil, and he's like, got like that big flared nostrils. He's like right in your face. And he does that walk up. Yeah, he does yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of like sort of like yeah. swaying. He's got like the, the I like short that he brings haircut. a goon with him though. Hmm. Well, okay, yeah, we'll get down a little bit when he brings his his return of Curtis. <laughs> we hadn't seen until the previous episode um a while ago oh, okay. but um the one thing I, I did want to point out though i felt that because he was walking up to sam alone that he was going to try to talk game at her but instead he just treats her like he would joe or david do they do you they know? game on this show no Ooh. because i think they're too young oh, at okay this point still. well i don't know like, but like, granted i'm fully admitting that i haven't seen these episodes since i was like eight or nine or whatever how old i was so I didn't know if that was like a theme that they were hitting on these people, or. But I think it with Demont, the way his character is, he would try to seem more adult or like more grown up than his counterparts. Mm. So you would think like at this age he'd be more into girls, All right? And would be like, "Oh, hey Sam, what's up? Like, what's up, girl?" Oh, but okay. instead he's like, "I'm gonna treat you like garbage, now. right?" <laughs> <laughs> and threaten you. <laughs> so basically, he's like. Uh, you better watch out, and she and then Sam's like, you know, you could be a really good friend or something. Like she's just trying to like teach him a lesson or something about friendship or taking care of people. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then Wishbone sees this and he thinks about randomly the classic tale, The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexander Dumas, or is it Dumas or Dumas? Uh, I think it's Dumas. Frenches. If we go to Dumas, Shawshank Dumas. Redemption. <laughs> nod yeah to the count of money Cristo. the count of money um so you know uh this was written in let me look up my information here 1840 1844 damn it it's close close enough um and it takes place in france and so this is post-napoleon world where i guess napoleon's been banished to that one weird island right yeah, Alba. Um, and it follows a young man by the name of uh, Edmond Dantes. And he is like, I guess, 
the the one people everybody hates because he's so awesome. Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> Basically, everything's going good for Edmund, and no one likes success <laughs> for other people. Yeah, and I felt like when I was first watching it, and we'll play a clip of the uh, kind of meeting Edmund here, like. I could see why people hated him because he was so kind of good. He was so awesome. I was like jealous of him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's only 20 and he's going to get his own captain. Basically, he arrives back in port and his like, you know, superior is like, hey, Edmund, you're great. You know, guess what? You know, the last captain died and now I'm going to give you that captainship. Right. He's just, yeah. an, all ar- he's so, just an all around winner. Oh, captain, my captain. So. Um, so let's play the clip here, clip number one. Monsieur Morel, I've brought your ship and cargo back safely. He's got a sweet safety. mustache. You heard of our misfortune. Yeah. Yes, it's terrible. Who, Wishman? Captain Leclerc no. fell ill. And Monsieur Morel. <laughs> I actually thought they casted some pretty good people to play the book characters. These are pretty good regular guys. Like, they usually play villains on this show. Oh, it's, it's the same actors? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, like reoccurring. there's a lot of people rotated in and out but they do ah, use new people a lot good too. to see you it's not always like the them same first thing in the morning he's done a good job taking over but the actors for the narrative tend to be better than today. the ones no doubt yeah no they're good like i totally what's interesting is that my picture in my head when i was reading the book looks pretty similar to these people that they got told that the crew all love him is that true if you say so sir it must be like, I gave the snarkiest look. Yeah. Well, Danglars is one of the worst. Please excuse me. And now that the ship's in sir. What a good boy. They picked. They got such a good dog to to act in this. Yes, sir. And it's impressive, like how well he does, even with the ridiculous costumes they stick him. Like. Captain. You mean me? Shake. So cool. I'm honored. I know you would rather hold another hand. Off with you. This is very like almost like an Ebenezer Scrooge. Like after yeah. he wakes up, the day is like, go home, young man. Find me up. Well, I'm loving like I mean people can't see this, he leaves but like a common sailor and returns a hero. You know, kind of loose. I I love the colors they did on this. Like it's n- I mean, it, he not looks like an old like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, you know oh, what yeah. he does. Oh, perfect. That guy next to him has. It's also in France. What if it's like the same character? Yeah. Huge hat. Yeah, that guy Cataruz, he's got a huge part. Well, I I wouldn't say a huge part, but a much bigger, obviously a much bigger part than in the show. But I can't believe they even added him in because they don't do anything with him, really. Who? uh, The Denglars? No, no, no. The the guy sitting next to him just now, Cataruz. Oh, really? Because basically, so in the book or in the story, there's Fernand, Albert, and Denglars, right? Are the three guys that kind of. At least in the show that they showed, they yeah, and then they him. left out this guy Villafort, who basically is the one who condemn who fu- who like gets the treason and then condemns okay. Edmund to the prison. I see. Yeah. Okay, uh, because like one basically, Denglars is j- jealous of his job, right? Because he wanted the captainship. Uh, Fernand is jealous of Edmund's love life because his love uh, Edmund is in love with Mercedes. Who is Fernand's cousin? Something like I that. I guess so. There's some there's some cousin on cousin yeah. like you know jealousy here going on. Um, but and then there's another guy I guess that joins them in. And he's just like yeah whatever. Like I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I think he, like, he is jealous of, of like his good fortune that he always mm. just has. He's just like a, everything seems to be going well for Edmund. Okay, and then and so then they conspire. So basically, um. They will conspire against him, and the the plan they come up with is that during his ship journey, they say he stopped at the island where Napoleon was, and they think that oh, we can use that as a weird political attack against him, and think that he was conspiring against the French government by corroborating with the former terrorist. Yep, I guess got him. Or, got got that guy. Um, <laughs> So uh, then we cut back to Oakdale and to, you know, my favorite scene of the episode, which is the uh, showcasing of David's snow oh, machine. Great. This is David so, is a fan favorite of mine, by the way. 
I love. Is he really? He's like, oh, he's like always inventing things, and he's definitely like way too smart for who he is. Yeah, like he he's always pulling fucking. He's like the show's uh, Duas Machina. Like he's always just like, oh, I can build a, I can build a dog cataloging system, and I can take a, a paw print and tell you what dog in the neighborhood it was, uh, or I can build some sort of like sonar subsystem and we can scan the ground and I can tell you what's in there. Like he was, he just invents stuff, which makes no sense. And everyone just kind of like takes it like, yeah, sure. You probably could do that. Okay, cool. Let's and, do it. and now he's sort of, I guess he's um, sort of sad that winter has ended and he wants to continue that. So he was inspired to build a snow machine <laughs> to, so that he can, he explains that he can build a snowman in the summer that's his uh like what a what a crazy scientist i mean he tried is. to build life in one episode in the Correct. frankenstein he tried to build episode. AI. yeah he tried to build like an artificial life form so oh, none of this comes to me as a surprise um we have a we have a clip of the david snow machine i believe yeah so that'd be clip two hey wait a minute what's this i love wanda She's unbelievable. I want to know how he's doing this. It's awesome. I'm really because first of all, the water looks like it's boiling. Yeah. What a like megalomaniac idea. <laughs> I mean, I gotta tell you, Chris, this reminds me of the crap we used to do. Oh yeah, when we were kids, pulling shit out of my garage, and just but, yeah, but we didn't actually make anything. No, cool. no, no, no. Oh, there he is. This idiot. You're right. It does remind me. I'm so sick of hearing about him. He's so lame. Yeah. You know, on Monday, all the teachers will be talking about Mr. Perfect over there. Mr. Science thinks he can control the weather. That was a good eye roll. I appreciated that. Uh, light bulb. What are you gonna do tonight? There's gonna be a blizzard. In so, listen to what Curtis says here. And yeah, it was the, the weirdest thing. David. Yeah. Bingo. Stay my friend forever. Okay, Demont. What? what are you talking about? I just don't want you to be my enemy. Shut up. <laughs> what? So like. Poor David. <laughs> he's basically like. <laughs> what? You're a psychopath, is what he's saying. He's like, but you're out of your fucking mind. Did he literally say, be my friend forever? Yeah. He said, stay my friend. Yeah. Oh, stay my friend forever. Because he's scared. Which is such a weird thing to say. Well, yeah. Because yeah, well, he doesn't want... He's like, he sees what evil... What's his name? Demont is. Demont. He's basically telling Demont he's a psycho, but he's doing it in the nicest way he can think because he doesn't want Demont to come at him. Yeah. But it's almost like we, we miss like five other interactions between them before he gets to that point. Right. Because it kind of goes from, like, I'm just going to, like, ruin Wanda's yard and I'm going to pin it on David. And then he's just like, stay my friend. Yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah. It, yeah, because it, he was just awkward. like, he's just hanging out with DeMont and DeMont goes, look at these guys having fun. We should fucking ruin Doesn't it Doesn't DeMont, like, have anything better to do? Or is this, like, the only house in town? <laughs> like, do- these two remind me of, like, and this is going to be, like, a messed up thing to say, but they're kind of, like... The two kids that would like actually shoot up a school. Like, they seem oh, like the oh my kids. god! <laughs> oh my god! Like, they, whatever the Dylan and Al, you know, the two guys <laughs> that are like that shot. Up. Like they kind of remind me of these like two troubled kids. Yeah, that just like want to watch the world burn, and like no one's paying attention to them. And these are like they're crying out for attention. Um. So. <laughs> I I I have a question about the town. Do we ever see any more kids than what we see now, or is or is this it? There are like me like maybe like two or three primary characters that we'll see, like other classmates mm-hmm. and other kids. Um, but generally, it's sort of a they shuffled in and out generic like background. There's a what's his name Bobolesky. There's Nathaniel, and then there's um. Is the it girl. Emily? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm thinking like, like I'm thinking like, is this like a Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn town where it's kind of just. Kind of. You know what I mean? Bit. Where it's just it's like a, a schoolhouse full of like 20 kids bit. and that's it. Yeah. 
which would be which is fitting because the first the first episode of the series is yeah you know was tom sawyer and huck finn so look at this making connections without even trying (laughs) i I will say though like going back to curtis um you know being so weak this was a kid in the episode that he did was it was the polloing paper and he tormented joe for having a crush on the teacher and like was gonna torment him with his note, and this this kid literally called Joe from a payphone from school, mm-hmm. threatening him at home about it. And it's like for him to then kind of sort of be subservient to Demont. I thought this. I thought Curtis was gonna be more of like the 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 Joker of the character, the more anarchist. But it seems like Demont is the, the leader. I think uh, someone in the writers' room got angry that Demont had been weakened, and was just like, "No, we're gonna make we're gonna double down on Demont here." We're going to double down. Yeah. Or maybe they did these out of order. Maybe that episode was supposed to take place after this. Maybe they recorded them. They they put them out out of order. Or maybe DeMont's mother is the sister of the producer and said, you better get your nephew oh, on the show yeah, in a, that's in a top possible. spot. <laughs> that's also hard. Yo, Rick, it's your yeah. sister, Nancy. <laughs> yeah. Get DeMont on get, the show. Get, His mom is actually more prominent. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically <laughs> well fun fact for you um which if you're listening to the show you've you've heard before but joe is the actual real life son of his of the uh, actress who plays his mom in the show ellen yeah wait what yeah it's actually like mother no. and son playing mother and son oh wow show. yeah is that a co- it, hmm. i don't think you don't so. see that a lot but in this kind of a show I mean, what would you know? I think in general you don't see that too much, but I think it works for this show better because they, they do kind of feel like they have this much more better rapport in, in their scenes together. They don't really have one in this episode. Um, Ellen's kind of a sort of off to the side a little bit. She's so like wondered by the snow machine. Yeah, <laughs> She doesn't really have a part. Um, it's more like Wanda's the authoritative figure here. I thought it was interesting... Uh, I actually will get to it later when he gets grounded, but there, we didn't see either uh, David's sister Emily or um, his his parents at all, and he's the one. But he gets grounded, but we never see yeah, like, was him getting in trouble. So I kind of felt like this ep- this episode deserved like a, a nice hour, almost like a two. Yeah, I feel like this episode maybe should have been a two parter. I feel like they were trying they to cram to a lot of down stuff in. the count story stuff. It, it's a big chunk that kind of was. I, I feel like it was all the revenge stuff is like kind of missing. Oh my god! I mean, like, when I was watching it, it was I was already on this like uh, the first twenty minutes. He's still in the prison, and yeah. I'm like, holy crap! In terms of like where we are in the book, we're only in the first like ten chapters out of 117, and then all holy of a sudden shit. we just skip like <laughs> chapters 21 through 114, <laughs> and then we just get to the end, and I'm like, oh, all right, well. <laughs> Yeah. That's a so, huge amount of stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. But, I mean, honestly, to the basic plot points and the basic theme of the book. I mean, they they got it. I mean, it, it works. Do you think part of that is because like they don't want to make the revenge seem like a good thing for children? Yeah. Like, they don't want that to be part of the moral of the story that's shown. Yeah, definitely. Because and that's why at the end he's like so easily dissuaded from like doing anything more. Yeah. By once. Mercedes comes back in and is like, Definitely. stop it. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, basically in the book, too, like, he does have a moment when he's getting his revenge where it's kind of like, maybe he went too far and he's thinking, I need to be done with this. Like, this is too much. But at the end, he's still happy with the revenge that he gets. So <laughs> it's kind of like... He still does it. Yeah, he still so, does it and he regrets it. But at the same time, he's happy. So it's kind of like, mm, I don't know how far we want to go with that. Got it. Um, so... Basically, kind of moving along in the episode, the um, after the snow machine stuff and Demont hatches his plan, it does a cool like snow cut in to from the snow machine to the wedding. And, except it made me question like where was the stuff falling from and how in this like wedding in indoor place was it just like a, like I didn't get get that exactly, but um, there yeah so it was like the wedding reception for Edmond and Mercedes. But then the French troops come in and arrest Edmond for uh, basically conspiring against the state. And they're going to take him off to prison, basically. Um, Then 
So this is a clip of him being branded prisoners of 34. Tell me, what do you know? They've sent him to Chateau d'If. But that is for political prisoners. This is lunacy. He is innocent. I know. I love how she's holding they his tiny he hat. He's a traitor. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Napoleon That's amazing. Himself. Ridiculous. <laughs> but what proof do they have? A statement sworn by three witnesses. But who? A great set they did here. No. Oh, Wait. I mean, oh, yeah. it was. Please. I thought this was great. Speak to someone in authority. I'm curious if they, I mean, this is probably just some sort of like basement or cellar and like some kind of uh, factory that they retrofitted. I'm assuming they didn't build this set, but it is possible. No, they, they definitely built these walls. You think so? Like, they're just like wood walls. Yeah, you're probably right. like plastered. Don't you know who I am? On like a soundstage. It's also some really good foley work, by the way. Oh, yeah. You are prisoner number 34. <laughs> Stupid American. <laughs> Great so, CG yeah. right and there at the end. Duh. Actually, I have a question yeah, for you really quick. Did they use yeah. more than one dog for Wishbone or no? Great question. I think for most episodes, it's just one dog. Oh, wow. Uh, soccer. But then occasionally, I think for certain stunts, they will use a lookalike. Oh, okay. Oh, you think so? I, th I think, and but then, um, I mean, the last episode we did was the Prince and the Popper, yeah, where they I, needed two dogs. I think that's for certain the first stuff. time they ever used a second dog. Yeah, I mean, I, I could, I could see them though having like a backup, and just in case for certain shots, I wouldn't stay, say it, you know. But that one, that episode last one, we did <laughs> a was highlighting dog. that. It's like this. <laughs> it's like a Milo and Otis nah, situation, you know. Might like, be... They're gonna put the cat over the over the river uh, waterfall. They're oh probably God. gonna need their cat, you know. This stunt might be a little too risky. For soccer, basically, um, it's a great yeah, name. What for if, it, like, because he's got spots like soccer ball? Mm, there you go. Um, yeah, so we cut back to Oakdale after we leave uh, Edmund there in the prison. Um, Wishbone is barking because he knows something's up with Demont. But Joe, you know, I feel like Joe's interaction with Wishbone here barking is like the way I talk to your cats, Christian. <laughs> Where I'm like, what do you want? I don't understand you. Go away. Like, come <laughs> to bed. Like, basically. <laughs> so, uh, but then he doesn't get it. So we get now we have this like cool scene where basically Demont sneaks out and steals uh David's snow machine and is going to uh spray all of Wanda's plants with them and freeze them to death because he is a messed up kid. You know. I'm so excited for this. Um, what do we uh, do? I have a clip of that? No, I didn't have a clip of that. What are you talking about? Oh, I thought you did. I was just looking through them. I was kind of hoping we had a clip of that. That's okay. No, I have I have the one uh, later when he yeah, gets yeah, caught. When he gets caught. Um, so this but, guy's um, he's a jerk, yeah, so, right? Like, yeah, I'm saying he's a he's a sociopath. He's you know, it's first it's he's going to be killing plants. Next thing you know, it's going to be killing. Small dogs. I thought you were about to say <laughs> small children. <laughs> well, he's gonna get up to that point. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what's you know what's crazy though is like he's not even doing this to like Joe's house. He's doing this to Wanda's house. Like she in no way to has spite David. ever wronged him. Yeah, but he's trying to frame. You know? He's trying to frame David. That's you know, we're going in line with the with the book here, dude. You know, I understand. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. any means necessary yeah. basically is like uh demont's thing because he wants to bring them down a peg i think he demont i feel is really jealous of joe sam and david's close friendship and he wants to be a part of that but he can't he doesn't know how to express his feelings and so he does it by antagonizing them uh can i ask you guys another question so yeah does this show like have a series finale it has a final uh, episode. It has a movie wrap up, right? Yeah, we have a. We, I don't think I've ever seen or remember what the last episode or the movie is. Okay. so I don't know if it'll actually have a wrap up. I'm going to make not. a prediction, and I'm going to say that at the end, Demont becomes one of the crew. 
as the okay. uh, series finale. I think that's probably a good guess if there is some kind of wrap up or conclusion to it. I, I think it'll be more to me like a Jerry Newman situation where I think they'll just be like and you know enemies or nemesis for you know the hmm. for the length of the show and it won't ever be re- re- resolved. Okay, all right. Maybe a <laughs> revival is in order. My, it'll wrap up with um, Wishbone becoming a human again. Wait, I'm sorry. Okay. What? So I believe that Wishbone <laughs> is actually Joe's missing father. I believe he's been turned what are you into t- a what? dog. No, I'm so- what are you talking about? So, There's just so, so many. So Joe, Joe's father is gone. He's too like, smart. He died. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, how is he so smart? And how is he talking? And how does he know about all these books? How does he read the book? Like, the mm. first thing they show us is that his mom, right, Ellen, um, is a librarian. Okay, that's where all the books come from. But why is Wishbone able to read them? How does he know all these stars off the top of his head? And his dad, we know his dad is gone. I believe we we heard he died, right? I believe we heard that yeah, once. Yeah, he died. Um, yeah. And so I think that he was actually turned into a dog. Like like he, he something crazy happened. He got turned into this dog wishbone. And now this series is his like sort of penance. And once he completes whatever he has to actually complete, um, he will come back and turn into a human. That's what I believe is happening here. It's like the prince and the frog, basically. That's... Um... Christian is the InfoWars section of the show <laughs> where he's about all about the conspiracy theories and, you know, uh, what's going on behind the scenes, you know, so. That's crazy. Yeah. I, it, well, I, let me just say one more thing to that really quick is here's the reason that I believe there's something we're, met, we're led to believe about this character, which is we've met so many other dogs on the show. None of them can speak and they all act like dogs. None of them interact with Wishbone the way that he can interact with animals or people like he interacts like a human and talks and thinks like a human. All the other dogs are just like dumb dogs. They don't talk. They don't seem to understand him. They don't seem to be able to communicate with him. So it doesn't seem like he's a dog in a dog's body. He seems like a human in a dog's body. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's like we're already the the show is already pretty heavy from a like <laughs> a construction sta- a concept construction standpoint that like adding an element of like he's the the reincarnation of a dead father I think just adds maybe a little bit too much right, for well, children. Hmm. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Chris, I love you and everything, but I think you're <laughs> I think you maybe I think it's pushing one too many pins. There. Yeah, yeah. I may have had one um, too many dog treats. All right, well, uh, yeah. so we get we get back, we get back to, to the, uh, ma- the the count <laughs> and uh, Edmund is going crazy. It's been I guess several years, a bunch of years, and then um, randomly an old man named Abe, right? Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, I think the, it just means uh, burst. Yeah, so burst into he basically tunneled his way from another cell into his cell, and it's like. Hey, and they and so um because they I guess they're all in solitary confinement, they're not allowed to just see anybody. Um so it's the first like person he's really talked to in years. And so they get to know each other, talk to each other, they build up a great friendship. Um and then at one point Abe is die is gonna die basically. And he tells Edmond that he's like, Oh, like before I was sent to prison, uh I was uh, given a large fortune that i buried on this island of monte cristo and i'm giving it to you uh you know as a you know gift of friendship and you know you need to get out of here and you need to promise you're gonna get out of here so you can you know go reclaim your life and you can use that fortune when you do it and so um yeah and then basically like any good friend he uses his friend's dead corpse as a double <laughs> to then escape <laughs> out of the bat out of the corpse bag basically that's how he escapes prison yeah pretty is that, s- is smart that accurate to the book is that is that a uh, accurate to what the book is um is that what he did basically yeah i mean ba- it's not his treasure in the book it's like an old pope's treasure but he figures out where it is and he knows that it's on the uh, island of, Ca- of uh, monte cristo and the two of them hatch this plan how to escape, but then the Abe has a series of seizures, and he knows that by the third one, he's going to die. He dies. Edmund replaces his body with his own in the sack, thinking he's going to be buried in the graveyard, but actually they throw um, 
dead corpses into the water. So it's like anyone gets rid of their pet. Exactly. Put in a burlap yeah. sack I mean, it's, it's it right pretty spot on. Like at this point, when I was watching the episode, and this is about like the twenty minute mark, and I'm like, "Holy! Like this is might be a, is this a two parter? Because they're going right in line with the book." Yeah, and then all it's of like, a sudden, we only got like six minutes up. <laughs> but yeah, okay, uh, okay. So then, yeah. So they throw him into the ocean, thinking he's just a dead body, and then um, you think that though, like throwing him off a cliff there, like the current's just going to bring him right back onto the shore, you know, like. It's not a great way to like just get rid of a body. Yeah. Um, but then he goes to the island of Monte Cristo, finds a fortune, and then reimagines himself as the Count of Monte Cristo. Um, anyone know what a count is? Like a title? Is that just like a baron? Yeah. A baron I thought you had Cristo? to be a vampire. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of the count. Like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> one, <laughs> two, three. Uh, I love my money. Um, but uh, So a count or countess is a title in European countries for uh, noble varying status, but historically deemed to convey an approximate rank intermediate between the highest and lowest titles of nobility. So basically you're right between the high and low. I think so it's like a temp title. Like you don't really have one. It's kind yeah, of it like... is a title. It's just you're not the top. You're not the bottom. Yeah. Rank. I think count was something that you could buy. Like, if you bought land, you could be a count. Mm. That was something that you could do. Whereas, oh, okay. like, the lords, I don't think you could... You're inher- inherited. Yeah, that's an inherited title. Whereas count, I think, is a purchase title. Okay, so, like, if you Wait, can't were you be like a land him... lord, though? Can't you be a lord? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But land? usually those lands were... Pa- I mean, especially in England. Oh, were they were passed, passed down, down from William the right. Conqueror and all that crap. So, I mean, granted, I am not, you know, any kind of authority on this. <laughs> but... From the book, I remember him actually explaining he got the name Count because he bought the island of Monte Cristo from the Italian government. I see. Um, so when I become rich, I am going to tell people to refer me as Count. There you go. <laughs> you just got to buy a little bit I, of land and you're good. There you go. Okay. That makes sense. Um, we should like so then, do a GoFundMe. And, like, oh, yeah. We can Go all be. My we can, count the status. three of us can all become counts. I like how I got added Help in by lands for a quick second. Well, yeah, I mean, because you're you're here on this episode, you're here for the inception of this idea. You you then I feel deserve a part of the land. And can we like title. just put pool some money and just like buy one acre somewhere, and then just use that to like <laughs> establish our count status? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with this. I think we should look into it. Um, maybe update in the future once we're all collective counts. Sounds good to me. Then it'll be great for introducing the podcast. Be like, I am Count John Paul Murphy. I'm pretty sure oh, you uh, can uh, call uh, yourself a count now. I don't think anyone really cares. Well, I mean, but I, we have to <laughs> show the, the deed to the land that we own. Yeah, that's true. As proof. Yeah. We just carry that around with us. Yeah, did it? <laughs> Aren't you uh, like an Esquire or something? Me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you tell people that? No. No, I should have introduced you as that. Um, <laughs> you should have. Well, interestingly enough, little little fun, quick little story here. I was filling out like the, a form for a credit card, and it yeah. had a suffix with Esquire on it. So I was like, oh, okay, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Like, no, no one ever really, like, no website ever has that. Usually it's like junior, senior, oh. one, two, three, four, whatever. But then my credit card comes in the mail and it has Esquire at the end. So, <laughs> like, I look like a pompous asshole every single time. I'm sorry. Can you curse on this podcast or no? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Okay. So you I look like can. a pompous jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I hand it to anyone. And I'm, like, embarrassed uh, now to hand that. I, I didn't think it was going to really put it on the credit card. <laughs> I just felt well, like after you- our account discussion, this had to come up. Yeah, and you know that's never going to go away now because they're going to keep renewing yeah, it and keep sending you the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fun. I'm not. Yeah, I'm you not just, too happy. You should just it. lean into it. Yeah, I look. Like if you ever asshole. have a child, you should name them Alex. So then you could use the title and be like, "Well, this is Alex Junior. Esquire." Jeez. Oh, well, no, no. Wouldn't the ch- the child would be Junior or the second? Yeah, yeah. He can't not be Esquire. Junior. He can't be. Esquire. Be you, gotta, Esquire, you gotta earn that thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Come on now. I'm saying, but then he'll eventually get his Esquire status. Yeah, when you die. No, you have to oh, pass up. You have to be down? a lawyer to get that. You can't just get it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, he'll have to be. He'll have to go into the family business. Oh my gosh! <laughs> when you open up the detective agency, yeah, making podcasts <laughs> and being a guest host on nineties <laughs> PBS. So is Esquire magazine about like legal issues? I, have, I never I opened have it up. And no read idea. It. Yeah, I just thought about that too. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, what do I know? I've no. I never read magazines. I have no idea. Maybe it's it's like targeted at esquires only you should be reading this magazine isn't there the esquire network now i think so you should be watching that i feel it's a fashion thing right yeah because i'm I'm Uh, on esquire.com and the first headline is the best street style from milan fashion week i don't think that has (laughs) definitely a fashion story yeah uh so so this is a wishbone podcast right this is about wishbone Wishbone. let's let's play um you know our favorite fat speaking of fashion actually let's play this next clip which is joe catching demont and then we're both wearing matching uh, the oh, cloth great. jersey and shirt. Uh- <laughs> I've got to help David escape. If only there was a clue. Oh, I definitely smell a demand. Oh, he's such a jerk. <laughs> All right, Buster. What's with the? He's got a white tank top over like a. What are you doing shit. here, Demont? Wishbone sits. No false moves. I just came to see if Frosty could make a little snow for me. Jesus. Well, this is the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I came to see if Frosty. What kind of like euphemism was that? Frosty yeah. make a little snow for me? Boom. Shoulder bang. <laughs> it was like the worst shoulder bang. I love ever. how it's Why red is he also blue wearing? Too. God, yeah. they look like they're maids, handmaids. Yeah, I just Jeez. noticed. I didn't notice it the first time. So Joe's also wearing like a colored white beater over his. That's right. Follow the lead. And he's always jealous of you. Sam always dressed like she's a fugitive. And I saw him creeping around your house. Bullseye! I bet it is Demont. Oh, I can't believe that he'd stoop that low. <sighs> I feel bad for David. I never saw it coming. I was such a dummy. Don't say that, David. You don't think like a criminal. That's good. Remember? Yeah. So, um... <laughs> this is where David becomes Batman. Basically, or, he takes on yeah. revenge. Origin story, he, really? This is David's origin story. <laughs> I mean, I love a good origin <laughs> story, but so when I saw that clip, even the, before you even made that clip, I made a mental note of that clip as one of the worst <laughs> acting, writing. Like I feel like fifth grade me wrote that, and 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 <laughs> they ninth grade let the kids write and it. ninth grade Chris Humes and David Randall and all our friends acted that. Oh yeah. And also, I, I think we did better. I mean, I could, we did could this be a better case of never return to the scene of a crime? Has he never seen like any crime drama ever, Demont? I, but that's that's where like the cry for help comes in because Demont clearly wants to be caught. He does. I th- that's yeah. what I was thinking. I was thinking he does. That's why he's like lurking over it. He's opening it up. Like, why would he need to off? come back? Like, he already did the deed. Yeah. yeah, he wants to get Does caught. Does he just want to like fuck with them more? I or think. He, it's like he wants to get close enough to get caught that they know it's him but can't prove it, so he can't get in trouble. But like he wants Ooh, them to know he's he like did the Martin it. Screlly of mm-hmm. like this world <laughs> kind Martin of thing. He's just really, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just like wants people to know that he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. So, and then okay. So now we get into the last really section of the episode which is all the good stuff in terms of uh edmond's uh or as the count of monte cristo's revenge plot against the uh people that had betrayed him so um they don't really go into much detail because they don't give us much time but all he does is really he kind of we only see he is it fernand or albert he kind of just tarnishes his good name in the papers Yeah, Fernand. So basically, he just said, "I don't know. I don't even know what he does. He just prints some like salacious article about that." Yeah. Thing. Um, in the book, basically, Fernand. Uh, I feel like I'm okay spoiling this, considering it's like 200 years old. But um, yeah. <laughs> basically, Fernand betrays. He he cr- commits like really bad betrayal in the military actions in this far off East country and. Causes a royal family of some rich Persian something or other, you know, to die and this whole thing. And he becomes rich basically because he is disloyal. But that's the kind of 
So basically, the count publishes those yeah. things, and everyone realizes that he's like a fraud. Yep. Right. Is that the mm-hmm. the whole thing? And then, um, which, and so, but we don't see they don't include in this episode at all what happens to either Albert or Danglars. Right. It's like they don't even get to that part. What what happens in the book with those guys? Albert. What does he do to them? Ra- Al, so Albert is Mercedes' son. And Fernand's son. And he and Mercedes are so ashamed that they start a new life, just kind of away. They just kind of leave and they start a new life. Uh, Albert does try to duel the Count and Mercedes pleads with the Count, don't do it. Please don't. And that's when uh, kind of the Count for the first time says, all right, maybe I went too far here. And then Danglers, he steals, not steals, but he, yeah, I guess he steals. He steals all of his money. Danglers has nothing. And he leaves them with like five bucks and says, you know, good luck to you. But basically, and also Fernand kills himself after. Oh, okay. So yeah. He basically, he doesn't murder anybody, but he creates situations in which they want to end their lives. Yep. Or go insane. And then, okay. yeah, a lot of people, I mean, there's a lot more characters in the actual book. And there's there are happy endings as we go along. But, um, yeah. And we'll get to, we, we have a clip of the um, Albert and... Uh, Mercedes stuff um, a little bit here in a second. So yeah, so basically he goes on this path of revenge. Um, let's actually pull up that clip just to kind of show. Um, because also on the on the flip side, uh, going to David's revenge plan, they decide they are going to fill the ice, the snow machine with red dye and cause it to leak. So when Demont tries it again, he's going to get like uh, red dye all over himself. And then it'll prove, I guess, that he was the one that tampered with it or messed with it. Um, so let's play. We're going to play a clip five here. So, again, going back and forth between these clips, it's so jarring, like, the difference in the actors and the acting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, you you have, like, kind of pretty good local television and community theater actors in the in the narrative, the, the book narrative stuff. And then you just have more you know kids basically and and starting off their careers or solo one hit wonder careers is just killing it you mean the dog dog? sorry um the guy with the mustache fernand oh like uh fernand yes thank you yeah he's doing doing pretty well uh okay so let's let's play the clip This looks like uh, he just killed Curtis. Yeah. This is like something out of Carrie. Just Carrie. Yeah. What's going on? Ah, stay back, Wanda. David's revenge is out of control and getting all over me. My eyes. Why does he just stand there? Why doesn't he just run away? That is a great transition from the spraying paint to the wine pouring. You know, visual storytelling. <laughs> you. You have destroyed this guy's got some sweet mutton name. chops. He destroyed oh, yeah. it himself many years ago. I will avenge his reputation. I challenge you to a duel. Just like Hamilton. To the death. Oh, shit. So that never it. works out. Oh, nope. Man. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Me? You must be these mistaken, aren't... madame. I know it's Their accents really aren't that bad. I've looked for you all these years. I know it's you. Stop. You're the only dog in town that can talk. It's... <laughs> for us, yes. I know that face. Yeah, that long I face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wet nose. <laughs> Your big eyes. Is your for revenge so great that you would destroy me too? Your husband stole my life. I won't let your son steal my pride. For your pride, you would kill the one thing that I love most. Oh, man. No. I could never hurt you, Mercedes. Yeah, you're right. I can't change the past. And I won't hurt the innocent. Thank you. So much for revenge. So long, revenge. He should have gone through um, with it. Yeah, just kill everybody. Um, Yeah, so... That's kind of how the Count of Monte Cristo ends. He's just like, right? He just kind of is like, ah, I'm done. And does he end up staying with Mercedes? No. Okay. No, he ends up getting with um, 
this younger girl, actually, like 20 years younger right. than him, Ooh. Uh, who was the only survivor of the family that Ferdinand screwed over during I see. the war. Um, okay. And actually, the so the innocent bystander that gets kind of killed as a kid in the book, which I guess they're trying Ooh. to show with, look, like you hurt Wishbone too with yeah. the red ink, but, you know. Yeah, so, um, um, hmm. you know, they say that, like, because it's like he stopped his revenge, but based on what you said there, a lot of people say the best revenge is to lead a happy life, and he left, and he stopped, and he lived a happy life with a hot young new girl. And, he doesn't uh, really as well. In I mean, in the show, yeah, he definitely stops. In the book, he doesn't stop. Everyone gets screwed in the book. Oh, I mean, the son doesn't because he friended the son way before this ever happened. Like he's friends with the son before he even meets up with Ferdinand and Mercedes again. Um, so he kind of like does good by him, but everyone else that screwed him over gets screwed. Wasn't well, he lucky then? Yeah. And actually, what's interesting about the end of the book is that the end of the book ends with uh, Wait and Hope, which I thought was interesting because that's kind of how Shawshank Redemption... Well, should I not? Well, no. Yeah, Shawshank Redemption no, kind can, of ends that way. You can spoil Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, time. I think that's okay. Pressure and t- you know, time and wait and hope and you know, hope is always a good thing. So, uh, Is that in terms of like he did, he got basically his revenge... Yep. And now he's just hoping, waiting and hoping that someone doesn't now come back and get him again. No, it's kind of like the wait and hope is like Edmond is in prison for like 15 years before he gets out. And he plans this revenge over the course of like 15 more years. So it's kind of like wait and hope and you'll get your just desserts. Okay. So like eventually, like if you're ever bullied in, you know, school, just wait. Someday you'll like show them and get your revenge. Yeah, kind of. Somehow. Yeah. It's like while you go off and do big things, they're just going to sit around and get fat. That's what I just said. I said you got to lead a happy life, lead a good life, and eventually you'll get back at them. Yeah, or you could also like actually subtly directly influence their life and make it worse. (laughs) Right, which is what... (laughs) Using your newfound power. Yeah, well, basically (laughs) his newfound power is that he's so rich. He's like Bill Gates rich, like like dropping... You know, like if you dropped a $20 bill on the ground today, you would go and pick it up. You know what I mean? Bill Gates could drop a $20, $20 on the ground, and it's like, well, nothing. Nothing to that guy. <laughs> he would have to drop like a couple Except- million for him to go, oh, I'll pick that up. <laughs> a couple million? <laughs> couple million. Oh, I'll oh, pick up that couple million. Yeah, he yeah. dropped another couple million by accident. Yeah. Of a bitch. I gotta oh, stop man. doing that. Um, okay, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's like, uh, this is also, I think, one of the original um probably like revenge stories that influences a lot of, I would say superhero movies today and other type of also literature. Cause it mm-hmm. feels like, like, you know, origin stories, every origin story has um, your hero going through a traumatic experience, sometimes going far away, getting like separated from society, coming back, reimagining themselves anew as a new identity that they're going to then use to serve justice upon those that wronged them or wronged the city that they were in. And it feels like we're seeing this story over and over again. Yeah. Many times. I agree with that. It's not a bad story at all. No, it's really good. It's very much Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, and then basically the Oakdale story ends with everyone just kind of sitting around and Wanda apologizing to uh, David. This will be the last clip here. I just want to note the thing that David says here when he says... Um, you know, he accepts Wanda's apology, but then says, I meant to bust DeMont, but ended up creaming Wishbone, which is, again, another weird euphemism thing to say about Wishbone. So Um, weird. Can we see that? Do we have that? Okay. I got that. And I owe you an apology, David. I'm really sorry. (laughs) I'm really sorry. What about DeMont? I talked to his parents. I've got a full-time weed puller for a month. Oh. I meant to bust a mont. Never meant to cream wishbone. He's innocent. <laughs> cream him. I brought I this to apologize understand. to him. Come on, boy. This is so embarrassing. 
I like how they kept him like hiding until. This looks interesting. Yeah. Each time you press this little lever with your paw, surprise, you get a treat. Hey, what do you know? Can we should get this for your cats, Christian. They have this stuff for my cats. Oh, okay. Push this. They would just break it. Hey, great. You know, treatment like this, pretty soon I'll be in the pink of health. Ooh, that was a pun, wasn't it? Oh well. The pink. Oh, the pink of health. Pink of health. I like that he's still uh, sort of pink right now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Which makes so, me wonder if they actually painted the dog. It's probably just. He's like he's like one of those like cosmetic testing animals called <laughs> in the scene. <laughs> it's poor wishbone. No. Oh. Um. Yeah. So that that wraps up the um the story of the count's account. Uh. Alex, do you have any other lasting thoughts overall, either about the Oakdale stuff or the uh, book stuff? No, no, I, I, um, I liked it a lot. I mean, in terms of obviously what the limitations they had, I thought they did a pretty good job of retelling the story. Uh, the adult actors are really good. The kid and the Oakdale actors so are terrible. <laughs> and then the other thing I would just say is if you are thinking of reading the book, it's like 1,400 pages, but it is Jesus. worth it in the end. Cool. That's all I how, how big is the font Pretty small. for 1,400 pages? <laughs> Pretty small. Okay. So. It's wanna, one of those, you know what it's from? It's, kind, it's from, he didn't write it in a, in like one sitting. He wrote it as a serial that appeared in newspapers. So he got paid by the uh, word. So it was one of those like. Oh, so he was like the L. Ron Hubbard of like. Yeah. You know, back then as like Pulp Fiction. I've just got to like write as many words so I get paid as much. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Kind of like uh, what's I his... never knew that. Who's that's the guy? Really yeah, the, the uh, Charles Dickens wrote a bunch of stuff like that too, where it was just like you know it, it appeared in the newspaper, and the more he wrote, the more he got paid. So you know what the modern version of that would be? What? One of my favorite books I've ever read, The Martian. What oh really? Mean? Yeah, The Martian was just like a little blog that he had, and he wrote he would make blog posts. The book oh, the really? Martian. And then eventually, uh, like, people were, like, reading it, and they were, like, hey, like, he finished it. It was all just a blog. And that's why, like, so much of The Martian was just, like, uh, data logs. Like, it was the guy logging his experience on Mars. Yeah. And then people were, like, can you, like, put this into a book? And he was, like, I don't know. I've never done anything like that. And so, like, someone showed him how to compile it into, like, a PDF, and then he, like, released it. Um, but that was just something, like, he just slowly wrote and just, like, was putting online as, like, this, like, little blog. It was never meant to be a book or anything, really. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Cool. Cool. It's awesome. Um, well, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you, Alex, for joining Christian and I. Yeah, um, no uh, <laughs> Glad to be here. We, I think uh, you guys should get on the Wishbone TV series Wikipedia article under Other. Oh, yeah? I think oh, you should edit that yourself. We absolutely should be on there. And Other, and then just put it down in a little note in 2016. Yeah. No, you're born. right. You guys started doing this podcast. Because I'm looking at it now, and there's only one reference, so you know that'll be part of our new year's resolution there you go um so when is the next episode of unranked coming out uh tomorrow for listeners because this comes out on fridays oh there you go yeah so fridays Mm -hmm. doing anything fun what you guys talking about also a good question probably not porn we kind of exhausted that topic last week (laughs) okay (laughs) i think i think this week's pretty obvious what do you think it's gonna be alex it's obvious yeah, what's the one thing that happened in video games this week? I know what it is because Christian hasn't stopped talking about it. Is it the Switch? Of course it's the Nintendo Switch. Oh, okay. Of course we're talking <laughs> about the Nintendo Switch. Oh, all right. All right. So listen to that. Get all your Switch updates. Um, so next time, uh, join us, and we will be discussing Treasure Island with a guest. Ooh. And uh, we'll figure who that who that is. Well, and in between a, yeah. uh, every episode, we do have our podcast where we re- uh, we're going to figure out what we're going to watch um, for I feel this. Like, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. We could probably watch anything. Well, no, no. <laughs> so I looked it up. I mean, there aren't any direct adaptations like that. Aren't the Count of Monte Cristo? Well, there's Cristo. the Guy Pierce movie from like 2003. Supposedly, I looked it up. Everyone said the 1998 movie is the best one. Okay, maybe we'll watch. Well, if we can't find that, then we'll watch we'll the, the Guy Pierce one, the Jim Caviezel um, one. By the way, so I was looking this up before, and it was is interesting that like it can't like you know talking about like Batman and uh, origin stories, but um, uh, they are working on uh, a new Count of Monte Cristo adaptation, 
and um, David Goyer. Yeah, David Goyer, and he said that like he wants to make like a Dark Knight esque Count of Monte Cristo. Heavy sweet. Like, like, did you kind of already do that with Batman Begins? <laughs> right. So that's that's the thing. Wait, you said um, they said the 1998 version of the Count of Monte Cristo was the best. That's what I I saw online. Yeah, it's a it's a, apparently it's a mini series. That's probably why it's. Ah. Uh, I feel like it would be. Well, it was only four it's episodes. It's a fourteen hundred page mini series. I feel like they should adapt <laughs> it into a Netflix little thing. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Right. Maybe we'll just watch uh, the entire series of the hit TV show Revenge. Yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Perfect. In one week, let's do it. Uh, we'll watch, watch something, beachy yeah. white people getting like their revenge put on them. You know, um, it'll be great. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we'll uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bark, bark, bye. bye.